Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated to bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. This is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, wishing all the mothers a very, very, very enjoyable and happy Mother's Day. Granted, it's two days before, but we'll work with it. I'd like to entitle this episode, Mommy dearest and I have two radio plays that showcase let's just say a different perspective of motherhood so without further ado this is Terror Radio the two radio programs featured tonight are Radio City Playhouse and Suspense now, Radio City Playhouse is a lesser-known series, and it debuted on July 3rd, 1948, and ended on January 1st, 1950. It was a half-hour anthology series directed by Harry W. Junkin and was produced by Richard McDognan. I really hope I pronounced that correctly. Now, what was unique about this program was that it showcased lesser-known writers who had material that was considered to be outstanding. The radio play tonight is called Mother, and it was first broadcasted on September 11th, 1948. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Mother. The National Broadcasting Company presents Radio City Playhouse, Attraction 12. A first play by a new author, Mother, written by Stanley Robert Mednick, a most talented young American for whom we forecast, and he'd better not disappoint us, a brilliant future. With the production directed by Harry W. Junkin, here is Stanley Robert Mednick's first radio play, Mother. Attraction 12 on Radio City Playhouse. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's 7 o'clock on New Year's Eve in New York, the most exciting night of the year in the world's most exciting town. The offices in the RCA building are still brightly lit. The restaurants and bars are crowded. There are parties everywhere, although some of them show signs of breaking up. Everybody's having a wonderful time. Everybody except Mary Adams. Mary is 30, and she never seems to have a really good time. And she's just a little bit shy, too shy for her own good. Come on, Sylvia. Let's go. It's 7 o'clock. Okay, Mary, but it's a wonderful party. Well, are you coming or not? Guys, aren't they a scream? Yes, yes, sure. The scream? They're drunk. All drunk. It's disgusting. I'm glad I'm not like them. Getting drunk just because one rotten year is ending and another beginning. Mary, you've been asking me to leave for an hour, and now you're standing there gawking. Do you want me to walk to the subway with you or not? I, I don't... Well, yes. <laughs> yes, sure. Oh, I don't want to walk to the subway with her. All she'll do is tell me about the date she's having tonight, how handsome he is, how he dances so well, and I'm not interested. <laughs> Actually, they go to a dive to have dinner. Then they go dancing with hundreds of people coughing smoke in their faces. And then they come home dead drunk and say they had a wonderful time. Well, what are we waiting for? You look a little funny, Mary. Is anything wrong? No. Nothing's the matter. For a minute, I thought you were sick or something. Uh, I'm fine. Shall we go? Sure. Walking with her. Why didn't I tell her I had some last-minute shopping to do? Now she's gonna boast, boast, and boast like all of them. Isn't this crazy, Sylvia? Raining in New York City on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I'm still gonna have fun. Are you going with me? No, I'm not. I'm going to spend a quiet evening at home. Oh. Oh, what? Nothing. I was just thinking. <laughs> But I know what she was thinking. She was thinking about me not going anyplace tonight. She's probably glad, too. I know that type. Oh, why should I bother? After all, I must stay home tonight. It isn't right to keep an invalid mother home alone, especially on New Year's Eve when there are drunks all over. Mother would be very unhappy and frightened if I didn't stay home with her. Here's the subway. Come down. As a matter of fact, no. I just remember I have to get something down the street. Oh, well, I'll wait for you. Oh, no, you don't have to. It'll take some time. You better go on ahead of me. Uh, I'll see you later in the week. Okay, Larry. Good night. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There, I'm rid of her. Thank heaven. Now I'll wait here for a few minutes till I'm sure her train is gone. Then I'll go down. Why didn't I go with her on that train? I was afraid, that's why, and jealous. Afraid she'd talk about her date and jealous because I've never had one. Oh, I must get this silly talk out of my head. I know very well the only reason I haven't had a date is because I haven't had time for any. But with Mother ill for as long as I can remember and my job and all, let the others waste their time on dates. I'll take care of my mother. Oh, 
Well, I suppose your plane has left. I can go down now. Excuse me, miss. Oh, you startled me. Oh, what does a strange man want with me? He looks odd. I must get away from him. I must. I'll run down the subway steps. There are people there. He can't try anything if there are people around. What do you want? Uh, I'm a stranger here, miss, and I-, I was wondering if you could direct me to Fifth Avenue. Three blocks west. <laughs> Is that all? Uh, that's all. <laughs> well, thank you. you. You're welcome. Well, I've told him what he wanted to know. Why doesn't he leave? Why is he just standing there? If, if he thinks he's going to make time with me. Is there something else? Uh, well, miss. Yes? I- I'm a stranger here. Oh, he already told me that. Why is he stalling? Why? I know. He thinks I'm a cheap pickup. That's what he thinks. Well, he's greatly mistaken. And let him make just one, just one sassy remark, and I'll scream for a cop. I know these types prowling around for helpless women. He's probably drunk. You say you're a stranger here? Yes. I I realize this may sound sort of queer, but since I know absolutely nobody in New York, I was thinking, well, that is... Well, I hope you don't think I'm trying to be fresh, but... Well, it's this way. Are you busy tonight? Busy tonight? Why, uh... I've got my I... umbrella handy. I'll call a cop. I'll scream. I'll yell. I'll hit him. Imagine saying that to me. To me. Mother will be furious when she hears this. She always tells me not to wear red. People think the wrong things. Like this prowling bum. Am I busy tonight? Yes. Well, I, I, I'm... Uh... I am busy. I am busy. I have to stay home with my mother. Well, I've got to tell him I just can't stand here gaping. I can't say I'm not busy. He'll want me to go with him. I don't want to go with him. Do I? Maybe I do. But he may murder me for all I know. I wonder if he would... No. He looks nice. He looks harmless. I've got to say something for heaven's sakes, but what will I say... I'll say I have to go home to my sick mother. But I don't want to. I don't. I want to go with this man. <gasps> I have all things to think. I'm behaving like a... Like a... I just can't go with him. Mother is home ill. As a matter of fact, I'm not busy tonight. Oh, wonderful. Do you think you'd mind having a bite with me and then maybe go dancing? But I don't know you. Oh, I can fix that. My name's Harry. Harry Wilson. <sighs> I come from Cleveland, Ohio, working in an office there. I'm 33 years old, live with my parents when I'm home, and I'm not married. Now tell me, what's your name? Mary. Mary Adams. Oh, I shouldn't have told him. Now he won't leave me alone. I don't care. He's a nice, friendly man. He's lonely. He's just looking for a companion. I'll go with him. I've nothing to lose. Of course I'll go with him. I deserve a good time. I'll leave Mother alone for once. Fifteen years I've spent New Year's Eve at home with Mother. But Mother needs me. She's sick. So what? She's sick. She's made me sick fifteen years nagging, yelling, preaching. It's because of her that I'm an old maid. I've got to get these thoughts out of my head. Mother is the loveliest lady in the world. I love her deeply. She always sacrificed so much for me. And I think of leaving her alone on New Year's Eve. I can't go with gentlemen. I can't. I can't. Mary Adams. Just plain Mary. Mary? That's a wonderful name. Well, now that we know each other, is it okay? Well, I can't go. 
a well-brought-up lady doesn't allow herself to be picked up at night by strangers, even by nice, harmless-looking strangers. Well, uh, yes, I will go with you. Well. Now I've done it. I've consented. Now I have to go with him. So what? So I'll go with him, and I'll have a wonderful time. I'll enjoy myself on New Year's Eve for a change. I'll have a good time for once in my boring life. But I better call Mother. She'll worry otherwise. I'll stop at a drugstore and call her. Oh, maybe I better not. She'll yell at me and ran. She'll tell me all sorts of things. Now she'll tell me I'll be the death of her yet. I won't call her. Oh, but I must. She'll think I was run over. She has enough worries. I don't want to add to them. But if I do phone, she'll insist I come home. I won't call her. I don't care what worry she has. She certainly gives me enough. <laughs> Harry, I have a funny feeling this is going to be a wonderful night. <laughs> I like that music. Do you? Very much. You know, it reminds me of years ago, way before the war. I was in college then. We used to have music like that at all our dances. What were you studying at college? Medicine. Uh, then you're a doctor. Oh, no, I'm not. You see, things sort of interrupted my plans. <laughs> what things? Well, war came along, and when that was over, I didn't feel like spending six or seven years more in school. And what do you do in Cleveland? I work in the office of a department store. <gasps> not very exciting, but I managed to live. And every so often, I get a few days off, and I travel around. That's how I happen to come to New York. Oh, I see. Oh, he is a nice fellow. I'm awfully glad I came. Mother would like him, too. Why don't I invite him to the house for dinner some night? No, I better not. After all, the only reason he took me out was because he had no one else. I'm sure he wouldn't want to see me after this. Why should he? I'm no raving beauty. He's only seen me at night under lights. I look different in daylight. What were you thinking of, Mary? Thinking? Uh -huh. Why, why, it wasn't anything. I, I was just wondering if you were engaged. Oh. Now, why did I have to say that? What difference does it make? If he says, yes, I'll be disillusioned all evening. Oh, I ought to be shot. I don't mean to, to snoop by asking if you were engaged. Oh, no, I'm not engaged. I was before the war, but things didn't pan out. She's married now to a garage mechanic in Los Angeles. Very happy, too, I hear. Uh, are, are you attached to anybody in particular? Me? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, no. He just asked that to be polite. He knows inwardly that no man would look twice at me. He's a very kind man, but I wish he wouldn't pity me. I don't like people to pity me. I know now. He only asked me to go out with him because I looked lonely at the subway. Oh, now, that's a silly thought. He asked me to go out because he wanted to. No man out of pity asks a strange girl for a date, especially on New Year's Eve. Oh, no. I'm not attached to anybody. Well, were you ever engaged? Oh, yes. When I graduated from high school, I went with a fellow for a few months. Then I found he wasn't exactly my type. I lied. I lied like Sylvie and the rest of them just to make an impression on a silly man. Martha would be furious if she knew. Mother's always furious. Well, so I did lie. I didn't hurt anybody, at least. 
he, he wasn't my type at all. Well, at any rate, you don't have to worry. I bet a hundred fellows bother you a week. Well, not exactly. You see, I have an invalid mother. She takes up most of my spare time. I don't usually have time for such things as dates. Oh, that's too bad. Ladies and gentlemen, in five minutes, the new year will be ushered in. And we're going to play all anxiety now. Until then, we'd like all of you to come out on the dance floor so we can all celebrate the wonderful new year together. Shall we dance, Mary? I don't dance well, Harry. <laughs> Neither do I. But at least it'll be better than being the only ones at a table. Okay. But I warn you. <laughs> it's almost midnight. Yes. And I always feel kind of sad on New Year's. It brings back so many memories. For me, too. For me, too. Memories of sitting next to a radio, hearing the crowds in Times Square yelling their heads off while Mother told me not to listen to such drivel. Memories. What memories does it bring back for you, Harry? Oh, all sorts. Mainly about Leela. Who's Leela? The girl I was engaged to. <laughs> she was a sweet kid. But you said things didn't pan out. No, they didn't. Oh, you know, she wanted to run around when I wanted to stay home. She wanted me to go into business. I didn't. I wanted to live one place, she another. But I remember her. Well, if you were engaged to her, why not? Oh, remember her. Sure, he remembers her. Probably married to her. Probably has four kids or something. He's just stringing me along. Wanted a date for New Year's that makes up some silly lies about his being a stranger in New York, not knowing anybody. I bet he lives in New York. He thinks I'm a pickup. That's what he thinks. I was crazy to go with him. I'm so ashamed of what Mother will think. Well, it's, it's still not too late. I'll go home. I'll make some excuse. I'll say, it's all been very nice, but I really have to get home. <laughs> Mary, would you mind? Would I mind? He wants to kiss me. I mustn't let him. It's not right. Think of Mother. She wouldn't like it. No. No, no, no. I mustn't kiss him. I mustn't. I mustn't. I wouldn't mind, Harry. You're an awfully lovely girl, Mary. <laughs> oh, it's... Mary, what's happening? Why are you crying? Oh, I always get sentimental on New Year's Eve. There's really nothing. There's nothing wrong. Happy New Year, Harry. I do wish the band would stop playing that song. Don't you like it? Usually, yes. But right now, I want something light and gay. Something bouncing. To fit your mood. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, it's absolutely amazing. What is You. Oh. An hour ago, you were nervous and jumpy. Every few seconds, you seem a million miles away. And now? Now you're somehow changed. I don't know. You're you're suddenly bubbling. Why, even your eyes are glittering. It's just fancy lighting the heavier. It's not the lighting. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Oh, that's the first real compliment I've ever had. Oh, he is nice. And what if he is married or engaged? He's mine for now, and nothing else matters. What about later? I'll never see him again, and that will make me feel even worse. No, I won't think about it. I'm having fun, really, I am. I'll worry about later, later. Hey, Mary. You're a million miles away again. No, I'm not, Harry. No, I'm not. I'm right here, next to you. 
still raining. So what? I hate things out of season. It should be snowing now. And what would you be doing if it were snowing? Walking. Well, isn't that what we're doing now? It's different walking in the snow. I love to hear the crunching sound of my boots plowing in. <laughs> I love that cold wind that makes my nose so red. <laughs> my mother thinks I'm weird when I tell her these things. She always tells me I'll get pneumonia. Mm, my mother is the same. Can't see the poetry in walking in the rain. What do you like about walking in the rain? Me? Oh, I like to sing in the rain. Sing? Sure. Haven't you ever sung in the rain? No. Oh, then you've missed a wonderful experience. There's nothing like it. <clears throat> Though April showers may come your way. Oh, Harry. They bring the flowers. That bloom in May. So what? It's New Year's Eve. That's the night when people let loose. Oh, no. That's the night when people are supposed to do what they want, and I want to sing. Oh no, Harry, don't. So when it's raining, I have no regrets. Oh, no. Come on, Mary. No. Because it isn't raining, rain, you know. It's raining violets. Come on, Mary, oh. sing. And when you see clouds. Upon a hill, you soon will see sing Mary Clouds of Daffodil. That's the way. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for his song whenever April sour. <laughs> you see what fun it is? Yes, Harry. Harry. Huh? What's up? Let's cross the street quickly. Why? What's happened? There's someone down the street I don't want to see. Please, I have my reasons. Okay, Mary, who is it? That blonde girl, she's working in the office with me. Don't look now, Harry. I think it's too late. She spotted her. Oh, no. She's coming here. Then let's cross. Oh, but she sees you. It'll look as if you're purposely trying to avoid her. Oh, Harry, hi! Hello, Sylvia. Oh, so this is why you had to get down the street. No, I knew you didn't want me to wait for you. Well, aren't you going to introduce me? Uh, Of course. Harry, this is Sylvia Miller. How do you do? Uh, Sylvia, Mr. Harry Wilson. Please to meet you, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. This of mine's named Brian or huh? something. He'll say hello if he isn't too like Say hello, lover boy. Hello. Oh, Sylvia, please don't marry you. Blame me. All of your big talk about spending a quiet evening at home, and then you go praying about this like all the rest oh, of us. Sylvia. You know, Mr. Wilson, mm-hmm. your girl Mary's always putting on airs at the office. Mm-hmm. That's some queer idea about being better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Even though she's only been with us two weeks, I think you not out. <laughs> but I guess she ain't after all. Hi, Mary. Oh, what's the matter? Did I say something wrong as usual, or... I'm just a little bit boiled. All right, Sylvie, stop gabbing. I want to get going. Ah, can you see my lover, boy? We've been painting the town red all night, and he still thinks it needs an overcoat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. we got to go now, Mary. Yeah, we got to go. Oh, so long, Mr. Rose. we got to go. Please to have met you. Go. Bye, go, Mary. Go, go, go. See you in the go, office. Go. I will talk nothing about tonight. Say goodbye, lover, boy. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm sorry, Harry. Terribly sorry. What, your friend? She's not my friend. You think I'd have a friend like her? Well, don't get worked up, Mary. She was only drunk. She didn't even know what she was saying. She probably won't even remember having met you. No. No, I suppose she won't. Yes, she will. She'll have a fine time in the office telling people that Mary Adams was running around on New Year's Eve with a man who picked her up, and she'll be telling the truth, too. Everybody will laugh when she tells them. 
And it'll get back to Mother. And I won't be able to deny it either because it's all true. But it's still not too late. I still can break away from him. I'll tell him I have to go home. I'll tell him. It's still not too late. Harry, I... I... It's getting late, Harry. I have to be getting home. Oh, it's not that late. But it is. My mother asked... Well, she wants me home early. Okay, Mary. I'm going home alone. Alone? Oh, no, you aren't. You think I'm the type that let my date go home alone on New Year's Eve with drunkards roaming all over? But I must <laughs> go home alone, Harry. Why? I must. That's why. Look, Harry. I have to tell you something. I lied to you earlier this evening when I said I wasn't engaged. I am. But you see, my fellow and I had an argument... Oh, it wasn't really anything. Just a silly quarrel. Well, I just wanted to spite him. And that's why I let you pick me. That's why I went out with you tonight. But I realized it was a terrible thing to do. I'm just leading you along on a string, and you're too nice for that. And that's why it's best to say goodbye now and to forget about tonight. I see. Don't think too lowly of me, Harry. After all, tonight was... Just for laughs. Oh, no. Then what was it? Well, I... It was for laughs. You make up with your boyfriend, you can tell him what a hilarious time you had on New Year's Eve with a jerk from Ohio. Please don't say such things, Harry. Well, it's true. That's what Leela did. That's what most girls do. I thought you were different. Oh, Harry, I... thought I... you were sweet and kind. I thought you were the kind who'd understand a fellow like me. I thought I'd like to see you again. I wanted to see you again. No, I see I was just wasting my time. Your friend was right. You're no different from the others. Harry! So long, Mary. Happy New Year! Harry, wait! Wait, please! Harry, come back. Come back, Harry. Oh. Why can't this subway go faster? I want to go home. Um, that couple over there, necking, necking in public, haven't they any self-respect? Oh, why should I bother? I don't behave like them. I behaved very sensibly this evening. I did what was right. I did. Oh, why do I have to lie to myself? The reason I didn't let him take me home was because I'm stupid. He liked me. But I threw him over simply because I was afraid of what Sylvia would think and what Mother would say. It's my fear. My idiotic, ridiculous fear that made me give him up. I have only myself to blame. Only myself. I'm almost home. Just down the block, then up the steps. Oh, thank heavens. What will I tell Mother? True? No. No, I mustn't. She'll yell and rant. She'll laugh, maybe. She won't even believe me. I know what. I'll tell her Sylvia's date suddenly got sick, and Sylvia and I went to the movies. I, um, had tried to get her on the phone all evening, but the lines were tied up because of the holiday. Maybe she's sleeping. Maybe she won't even hear me come in. Well, 
Here I am. There's a light on in the browns. I wonder why. Mrs. Brown, up a bit late tonight? Oh, you know, the new year and all. We even had a little shindig a while ago. Just broke up. Uh, that's nice. I rang your bell to see if you were home, but I guess you weren't. Uh, no, I, I had an appointment. Well, I better run now. Mother's expecting Mother. me. Now, Mary, please. You know perfectly well. Stop it. Mary, you've please. just got to get it through your head. I mean, you've got to realize. Stop it. Stop it. But Mary, your mother's dead. Been dead for over two years. Just got to realize it. She isn't dead. You're lying. You've always lied to me. She isn't dead. She isn't. She isn't. She isn't. Mother's not dead. Mother. Mother. Liar. New Year's Eve is a climax, a climax of many things. Something ends, and something begins on New Year's Eve. And sometimes, something both begins and ends. That was Mother, Attraction 12 on Radio City Playhouse, written by Stanley Robert Mednick. The production was directed by Harry W. Junkin. Members of the cast included Sylvia Davis, Abby Lewis, Anne Petoniak, Ross Martin, and Eugene Francis. The music was composed and conducted by Dr. Roy Shield. Radio City Playhouse is supervised for the National Broadcasting Company by Richard P. McDonough. Next week, we are happy to welcome Miss Jan Miner to a third appearance on Radio City Playhouse. She'll be heard as Constance in a tense and moving story written by our director, Harry W. Duncan. We hope you'll be with us and that you'll note our new time and broadcast date, Saturday at 8 o'clock. Be with us then next Saturday, 8 o'clock, for Soundless, Attraction 13 on Radio City Playhouse. Robert Warren speaking. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Now, that one is what I like to call a slow burner, but it smacked you right between the eyes once you got to the end. I loved it. Next, we have a radio play called don't call me mother from the very popular radio show suspense and it stars the first lady of suspense 
the Grand Agnes Moorhead. Now this first broadcasted on January 4th in 1959. So again, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Don't Call Me Mother. The ensuing half hour is not intended as propaganda to abolish the relationship between mothers and sons. The twin institutions of filial piety and motherhood have survived too long under the aegis of the fourth commandment to stand in any grave danger of dissolution by a single dramatic diatribe. No, the tale you are about to hear merely seeks to point out that there can be too much of a good thing. And as someone said, be moderate in all things. We cry forbearance to mothers and beseech sons to render fully unto them only those things which are theirs, reserving all else for the women who will become the mothers of their children. Listen, listen then as Miss Agnes Moorhead stars in Don't Call Me Mother, which begins in just a minute. Here's Frankie Lane. I never feel like singing with a bad cold, so I take wonderful four-way cold tablets to relieve my cold misery fast. Right. Tests of four leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting of all. Amazing four-way starts in minutes to relieve aches, pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. So when you catch cold, take my advice. Take four-way cold tablets. It's the fast way to relieve those nasty cold miseries and feel better quickly. Four-way, 29 and 59 cents. Here's a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Does dandruff dull your hair, leave scalp itchy? Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and get rid of unsightly dandruff in three minutes. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep embarrassing dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair. Rub in one minute. Add water. Lather one minute. Rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch. Unsightly dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave your hair up to 35% brighter. Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. And now, Don't Call Me Mother, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. so happy together. Larry's father passed on when he was a little boy, and from that day on I devoted my life to him, and as he grew, he devoted his to me. Lori and Larry, what a lovely couple they make, my friends would joke, but it was true, we were a lovely couple. I and my handsome, tall son was everything a mother could ask for, considerate, polite, intelligent, and a good provider. Hey, mother... Yes, dear. Mother, I wonder if I could bring a friend home for dinner Saturday. Why, of course, dear. We're going to be out riding all day and we'll be pretty hungry. Could you make your famous beef stew the way I like it? The dumplings and the meat cut into teeny-weeny bite sizes the way you liked it when you were a teeny-weeny little boy. Well, you don't have to go that far. I can cut my own meat now. Well, of course you can. I was just teasing. Well, don't tease me on Saturday, will you please, Mother? Is this a special friend? Yes. What's his name? 
It isn't to him. It's to her. A girl? Yes, Mother. Why, Larry, what's come over you? You've never been interested in girls. Don't you think it's about time I am? I can't imagine why. Mother, the time comes when a man... Well, you're still a boy, Larry. I'm 25, Mother, and, and please remember that on Saturday. All right, if you'll remember something, too. What? Something you've forgotten just now. Well, what, Mother? When you bring this woman to dinner... Please remember to call me Laurie, not Mother. Do have another piece of persimmon pie, Roberta. Oh, I really couldn't, Mrs. Ryder. It's delicious, but I couldn't eat another bite. Larry, you will. No, thank you, Mother. Laurie. But you've hardly eaten a thing, dear. I've had two pieces, Laurie. Such a wonderful dinner. I don't think I could ever learn to cook a meal like that. Oh, I don't know. It just takes practice. Oh, I could never find the time. What with my job? Well, no matter what, I've always managed to have a hot meal on the table for my Larry. Haven't I, dear? <laughs> yes, Laurie. Some more coffee, Roberta? Thank you, Larry. You're older than Larry, aren't you, Roberta? A little. I'm 28. Now, he always seems younger than his age. He's led a very sheltered life. He doesn't seem too young to me. Really? Well, I mean, Larry is a man. Is he? Well, I, I suppose to a mother, a son never really grows up. But then you wouldn't know about that. I hope to, someday. Well, I'm sure you will. When the right man comes along for you. Mrs. Ryder... The right man has come along for me. He has? Well, congratulations, my dear. I hope you'll be very happy. We expect to be, don't we, darling? Yes, dear. Larry, is this true? Well, yes, Mother. Roberta and I are going to be married. Oh. Oh, no. You can't. You can't, Larry. Mother, what is it? What's the matter? Roberta, hand me a glass of water. Ah. Here, here, Mother. Take some of this. But, Mother, what is it? Oh, Larry, I... I, I didn't want you to know. Know what, Mother? Now you do. I don't know what you're talking about. My heart. My heart, Larry. I, I have a, a heart condition. Sudden shock. The doctor said I must be careful. Oh, mother, I'm... I'm sorry, Mrs. Ryder. I shouldn't have sprung it on you so suddenly. Well, the doctor warned me. Again. You just lie down on the couch and rest for a few moments. No, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right now. Yeah. Well, as you see, Roberta, I, I, I need Larry. So do I, Mrs. Ryder. I love him. Well, so do I. And anyway, my dear, you're, you're much too old for him. So are you. What do you mean by that remark? Merely that it's time you let him go. It's time you let him grow up. Larry, are you going to let this woman insult me and you? We've talked it all over, Laurie. She's right. I will give you my permission. I'll never give you my permission. I'd like your permission and your blessing, Laurie, but I don't need it. I am of age, you know. You mean to say you'd walk out on your poor sick mother, leave her alone to die? Yes. Literally to die of a broken heart. Of you... course not, Mother. We'll take care of, of you. Of course. If you're really sick, you can live with no. us. Never. So long as I'm alive, Larry belongs with me. 
Mrs. Ryder, I've got to say this. Larry and I are going to be married. Even if it's the death of you. Then listen to me, Roberta, and you listen carefully. If you try to take Larry away from me, it'll be the death of you. Just a waiting for the moment when you need them to bring your acid indigestion under control. Chums are the little white tablets in the little green pocket roll. Chums for the tummies, T-U-M-S, bring relief quicker than you'd ever guess. Best for any kind of acid distress, keep them handy in the pocket roll. Keep your tummy under Tums control. Tums are fast, effective, and safe. Tums relieve the discomfort of acid indigestion quickly with no danger of acid rebound, sometimes caused by harsh alkalizers. Always carry Tums, ten cents. Three roll pack a quarter. New Tums six roll pack with free metal carrier, 49 cents. And now, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead, Act Two of Don't Call Me Mother. It was wrong, all wrong for Larry to get married. This girl, this woman was too old for him. She was not good enough for him. She was... Oh, who knows what? It's just someone who works in the same office, don't you see, Larry? Now, I've known her for more than a year. You've kept her a very big secret. I had to. I knew you wouldn't like the idea. But you went right on seeing her behind my back. Uh, yes, until I was sure. And you're sure? I'm sure, Mother. Don't call me Mother. What are you sure of, Larry? That I'm in love with her. Love? What's love? It's something we've each got to find out about in his own way. Well, isn't my love enough for you? No. Larry. I'm sorry, Mother... Laurie, but the way I feel about Roberta is, is different from the way I feel about you. I'm sure that there's enough love in my heart for both of you. Oh, Larry, my dear, sweet little boy, trying so hard to be grown up. Please. Don't you suppose Laurie knows what's best for you? Hasn't Laurie always been right? Yes, of course you have, but this is a decision a man must make for himself. Without any consideration for others? I have considered you. I will always look after you. I wasn't thinking of myself. I was thinking of Roberta. Roberta? Yes. Will you always look after Roberta? Of course. Will you always be able? Well, of course, barring unforeseen accidents. Your accident has already occurred. What do you mean? You were born. What? You never should have been born, Larry. Why? Why, why do you say that? Because... Because your father was insane. Mother. Don't call me mother. Why didn't you tell me before? Well, I hoped I never would have to. I've always told you he died when you were a baby. Well, he didn't die. He was taken away to an asylum. He lived a long, long time, until quite recently. He's insane. 
hopelessly insane. Have uh, I inherited? No one can be sure. The doctors don't know. But do you want to take that chance? Do you want to put Roberta through what I've been through? I... I, I see, my dear, if you really love her, you'll give her up. Yes, I, I suppose so. And you will? Won't you, dear? I don't know, Mother. I... I don't know what to do now. I've never heard a more cockeyed story in my life. You don't believe it, do you, Larry? Of course I do. Do you think if this were true, she could ever have kept quiet about it so long? Why not? Because she thrives on emotional blackmail. She'd have used this long ago to get her way. Just, just the way she used that, that phony heart attack the other night. Phony? Sure. She's as strong as an ox. Her heart's probably in better shape than mine. At least since... You started making it beat faster. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be. I like it that way. Don't you see, darling? Your sainted mother is using every trick in the book to break us up. But this thing about my father... Well, what difference does it make? You... You don't care if he was insane? Of course not. He couldn't have been nuttier than I am. What? I must be crazy to be in love with you. I guess so. But I am. Sometimes I wonder why you're, you're so bright and, and strong and so capable and I... I'm... Well, I'm just me. And I like you being just you. I wish it didn't upset Mother so. Listen to me, Larry, my boy. It's about time your mother learned the facts of life. And fact number one is that boys will be boys, and being boys, they are bound to like girls. And the girls they like are never, never, never the girls their mothers like, because their mothers don't like any girls messing around with their little boys. Yes, I suppose you're right. No, darn well I'm right. <sighs> now that that's taken care of, when are you going to make me an honest woman? I don't know. Soon, I hope. Soon? When? Well, I want to talk to Mother once more. Talk to her. You can't talk to her. Tell her. Tell her we're going to get married. And then tell her for me to drop dead. But he didn't tell me anything. Until it was too late. And, uh... So, Mother... Don't call me Mother. Laurie, we just dropped by to tell you we were married this morning. Oh. What do you expect me to do? Well, I'd like to know that you don't hold any hard feelings uh, against me. You know my feelings in this matter. They haven't changed. This may sound corny, Mrs. Ryder, but it would be nice to begin our married life with your blessing. You get no blessing from me, you... Kidnapper. Oh, come now, Mrs. Ryder. You're a witch! Strumpets, you're a thief! Well, let's go, Larry. We're not getting any places. You can't take my son from me. He's mine. He'll always be mine. Nothing you can do will ever change that. Love him. Go on. Love him as much as you know how. Give him everything you have. It'll mean nothing to him because you aren't me. Go on, take him away. Take him to the ends of the earth and he'll come back to me. Because he was meant for me and I was meant for him. 
Laurie and Larry. And everybody saying what a lovely couple they make. I warned her. You can't say I didn't warn her. She went into this thing with her eyes wide open and she must face the consequences. So I went to work. My butcher was the first person I confided to because I knew he liked to share secrets with all his customers. Well, Mrs. Ryder, I hear you lost a son and gained a daughter. That's right, Mr. Stern. Kind of sudden, wasn't it? Oh, no, I wouldn't say so. Who is a lucky little lady? Someone from uh, the neighborhood? No, she worked in Larry's office. Brilliant girl. Maybe a little too brilliant. Oh, how do you mean? Well, you know, Mr. Stern, these bright ones, sometimes they're... They aren't too stable. Oh, oh, flighty, eh? No, no, not flighty. Moody. She has dark moods. I don't know. Well, now, that could be hard on Larry. Oh, don't you worry about Larry. He can always count on me to cheer him up. <laughs> That's right, Mrs. Ryder. He's a lucky boy to have you for a mother. And there were others. Old Mrs. Martin, who lived by her telephone. And my cleaning woman and the corner druggist. I let them all know that Larry's marriage was not as happy as it could be. And I tried, successfully, I believe, to plant this thought with Larry when he came to visit me. I insisted he come alone. I would not receive that woman in my home. You look a little peaked, dear. Are you getting enough to eat? Of course, Laurie. Your wife has learned to cook, then. She does all right. But not as well as I do. She's learning. Well, I hope so, before you waste away. Are you happy, darling? Truly happy? Yes, uh, I'm happy. You don't seem to be. What is it, dear? What's worrying you? Nothing. Come on now, tell Laurie. Uh, I promised not to. We've always been honest with each other, dear, and that must never change. Now, what's troubling you? All right, then. Roberta's going to have a baby. Oh. Yours? Why, yes. But you aren't sure. Oh, no, but... You can't be sure, can you? Well, how could you be sure? Now you can be sure of only one thing. This is why she wanted to marry you so desperately. This is why she took you away from me. Don't you see? Can't you see that now? Well, I... I won't permit it. I won't let it happen. I won't have you the father of another man's child. But you've only jumped to conclusions. Oh, no, no. I'm certain I know her kind of woman. I told you, Larry. Over and over I told you this marriage was wrong. Perhaps now you realize once more that Laurie knows what is best for you. But what can I do? Do? There's only one thing to do now. Kill her. Of course, it took a lot of persuasion, but I know just how to persuade Larry. And in the end, he agreed with me. And it will be so simple and so safe. Everyone knows she's a creature of dark moods. Everyone knows that for days on end, she doesn't speak to you. That she goes for long automobile rides by herself at night. How does everybody know this? I told them. But it isn't true. Well, they think it is. You've been planning this for a long time, haven't you? Since the day you got married. You're a wicked woman. You belong to me, and I belong to you. You know that, don't you, Larry? Yes, God help me, I know it. 
Now you know what you're to do. Now turn out on the coast route, a mile and a half below Gull Point. There's no guardrail. You let the car roll and, and, and jump just before it goes over. It's more than a hundred feet to the surface. Why do I have to do it? I don't hate her. You do. Why don't you take that gun you keep in your desk and just shoot And it? have the gun traced in the fingerprints? Use your head, Larry. This way it'll look like an accident. A, a break face. An accident that occurred when poor Roberta was on one of her moody midnight rides. Thought of everything, haven't you? Yes, my dear, because I'm thinking of us. I'll follow you. I'll be waiting up the road to drive you home. When will you do it? Tonight? Might as well. The sooner the better. That's right. That's right, my dear. The sooner the better. What are you stopping for, Larry? This turnout. Let's look at the view a minute. Oh. It is lovely, isn't it? Sliver of the moon across the water. Let's walk out to the edge. Come on, we can get a bit. Wait, we're not supposed to. Supposed to what? Nothing. Larry. Are you happy with me? Why, sure. Sure I am. What makes you ask? You seem so strange all evening. You saw your mother today, didn't you? Yes. I can always tell when you've seen her. You come back to me different. I'm sorry. <sighs> what terrible things has she told you about me this time? Oh, nothing. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear. I don't care. So long as I have you... Lovely out here. Be careful to get too close to the edge. Oh, it's perfectly safe. Listen. You can hear the surf. Yeah. And see it way down there foaming in the moonlight. So beautiful. Tell me, Larry. Tell me. Tell you what? Tell me you love me. Why me? Why do you want me to love you? There must have been other men, older, stronger men who loved you. I, I'm just... You've said it a hundred times. Just a mama's boy. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why I love you. Maybe that's what I need. A man I can care for and look after, protect. There are women like that, you know. Like my mother? No, not like her. Women like me. I'm no shrinking violet. I'm capable and I'm smart. I'm the equal of any man, so I... I scare men. But I don't scare you. Do I, Tom? No, Roberta. You've never scared me. And I never will. I'll take care of you. And our baby. Our baby? Is it ours, Roberta? Harry. What a, what a dreadful thing to say. Is it? Who gave you the idea that it wasn't? Well... What a filthy, vile woman your mother is. 
she will stop at nothing. That's right, Roberta. Mrs. Mother, White. you're supposed to be waiting in the car. You're supposed to be doing what I told you. Get your hands off me. I want you. I go of me. You. Help me, Larry. Help, help me. me. Push her. Larry, not you. I, I, go on. Roberta. Go on, take your baby with you and leave me mine. Mother, what have we done? Don't call me mother. It only took a moment to release the handbrake on the car, send it rolling over the cliff, and Roberta's accidental death was complete. It was all over, over and done with, and Larry and I were back together again. We slept late the next morning and we were dallying over our brunch in the sun-filled breakfast room, still in our robes and slippers when the doorbell rang. Yes? Mrs. Ryder here? Yes. I want to talk to you, ma'am. Well, I'm afraid I'm not dressed. It's all right. We don't mind. Well, just a minute. You can't come in here like this. Who are you? Police. Police? Lieutenant Ross, homicide. This is Sergeant Abbott. Morning, ma'am. What is it? What's happened? What do you want? Just want to ask a few questions. You have any idea where your son is, Mrs. Ryder? Yes, yes, he's in the other room. Well, he'd better hear this, too. Will you call him? Larry? Yes? Some men are here. They want to talk to you. The police. Police? What do they want with me? Mr. Ryder, when did you see your wife last? Last night at dinner. Why? She's dead, Mr. Ryder. <sighs> dead? Oh, Larry, how horrible. Her body was found on the rocks near Gold Point this morning. Car went over, too. Larry, I told you, you shouldn't let her go out alone on those long rides at night. She was in the habit of driving alone at night? Oh, yes, whenever she got into one of her moods. You weren't home last night, Mr. Ryder? No, I slept over here. Have an argument with your wife last night? No. she in one of her moods last night? You might say so. Where were you last night, Mrs. Ryder? Well, I was right here with Larry. We watched TV until quite late. You sure of that? Well, I can prove it. Larry was with me. Just what are you driving at? This. You recognize it, Mr. Ryder? Hmm, it's a wristwatch. I gave it to her for a wedding present. Do you know there was a message engraved on the back of this watch? No. The letters are so tiny, it looks like a design until you put it under a magnifying glass. Message? What does it say? It says, I have only one enemy in the world. If anything should happen to me, my mother-in-law will be the cause. Oh, that vicious witch. Why can't she let us alone? Why does she have to come back from the dead to haunt us? No, no, Mother. Don't you call me Mother. All right, I won't call you Mother. Word is too good for you. You're the vicious witch. You're the one who's evil. Why couldn't you have left us alone? Why couldn't you have left Roberta and me live our own lives? Oh, my heart. I, I am going to faint. Go ahead, faint. Drop dead. I'm smelling salt. In the desk here. Gentlemen, the inscription on my wife's watch is correct. My mother murdered her. All right, up with your hands, all of you. Drop that gun, Mrs. Wright. Oh, no, and don't either of you. Put it away, madam. Somebody's liable to get hurt. Indeed, yes, someone's liable to get killed. But I won't put it away until I hear my son out. Well, Larry, did you have something else to say? Not much. Only that you killed her, and I hope you hang for it. This is your last word to your mother? You haven't been a mother to me ever. Parasite, a leech, a selfish, aging hag, but no mother. That's all you have to say. That's all. And this is my reply, dear Larry. Grab her. Let me go. 
couple people always Suspense. In which Miss Agnes Moorhead starred in Don't Call Me Mother, written, produced, and directed by William N. Robeson. In a moment, the names of our supporting players and a word about next week's story of suspense. The more things change, the more impressive is the unwavering reputation CBS News enjoys for good judgment, accuracy, and speed. That fine reputation has been earned through the dedicated efforts of men like Edward R. Murrow of CBS News. Since the days of the Second World War, Mr. Murrow's been on the job helping to keep Americans informed. More and more radio listeners are turning to Edward R. Murrow for a better understanding of our changing world. Every Monday through Friday evening, follow the course of history with Edward R. Murrow with the news. Our World News Roundup, heard daily on most of these same stations, is another reason why CBS News is respected everywhere. Every morning, our World News Roundup takes you where important things are happening for eyewitness reports by experts. Tomorrow on CBS Radio, you have a date with history on the World News Roundup. Supporting Agnes Moorhead in Don't Call Me Mother were Kathy Lewis, James McCallion, Barney Phillips, and Norm Alden. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with Mr. Dick Crenna in Night on Red Mountain. Another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Tonight, Miss Miller stars on the CBS Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, that's our show for this evening. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember... You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or on the Twitter <laughs> at Radio Show Nerd 1. Or you can drop me a line via email at Radio Show Nerd at gmail.com. And again, I want to thank the composer, Mayu, for allowing me to use his spectacular music as my background. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off.